Let's keep things simple for right now. What is your mission today? Are you focused on it? And what do you need to do to accomplish it? That's the only question I want you to answer. Squad 322, red flowing fire. Imagine if every moment of every day was unscheduled, unknown, and uncertain. Where you had to choose between your life and the life of another. Where you were deployed somewhere in the world to face an unknown threat and an unseen enemy. This is the podcast designed to serve those who serve us. So join me as we unpack and uncover why we do what we do when we do it from life's most extreme moments. I'm your host, Jeff Fanman, and this is Mindset Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. Wednesday, back here with Marty Scovlin Jr. from uh, Coffee or Die Magazine, part of Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation, pick right up where we left off. And, you know, when we talked on Monday, we talked you know, about a variety of things and we talked about the book Violence of Action. We were talking about kind of the aspects of story, storytelling. Um, and then that really rolled into kind of what, uh, what Ranger Regiment did for you, Marty, did for me, uh, kind of what that fundamentally built for us. And I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into that now um, and really kind of look at the aspects of it, because you and I have talked about it. And, you know, not just from a physical aspect or the physicality of things, but really the mental, the spiritual, kind of the whole person aspect. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I think that there's, you know, a lot of guys talk about physical fitness and focus on physical fitness. Um, and a lot of times use physical fitness as a means of coping with shortfalls in spiritual or, or mental fitness. Um, mm -hmm. but really it's, it, I think it's so important to be able to focus on all three, uh, and really develop that whole person concept. And ultimately it's, I, I think it's very similar to any sort of body part like your you know your legs or whatever it's like if, if the only thing you ever work out is the major muscles and never focus on um you know those smaller tendons and and you know the smaller supporting muscles you're going to end up being injury prone you know totally and totally. um i think that you know if you're only lurking out, working on the physical aspect of yourself and certainly that's a large part of it um and, and something that a lot of i think Amer americans in particular are are lacking in um, if you're only focusing on the physical aspect though, and neglecting mental fitness and, and spiritual fitness, uh, you're going to end up injury prone, you know, and, um, yeah. and certainly not, not achieving what you're truly capable of, regardless of what your profession is. Yeah. So how have you, you know, I mean, give me a little bit of your journey around, around, you know, understanding that or coming to that. Cause you know, you did, I don't. I don't know, maybe you did, but most of us don't start out that way, right? Most yeah. of us don't kind of come out of the womb and then show up and decide it's like, okay, I'm going to go be an airborne ranger because that's going to challenge me physically, mentally, yeah. and spiritually. You know, that, that that's not the conversation being had. Uh, you know, unfortunately, those are things that we kind of come to later in life. So, you know, what do we, what do we tell the, the young private or the guy who's singing about going in now, or, I mean, they're going to go on their own journey. They're going to learn, learn, learn their own stuff. But how did you come to some of that? Well, I think it's just being brutally honest with yourself. Um, if you're actually interested in like no bullshit, if you're actually interested in being the best that you can be about achieving your full potential, then you can't neglect entire aspects of yourself. 
And looking at that of like, to me, it's almost like kind of like common sense, right? Like you, again, like, yeah, physical is an aspect of it, but mental and spiritual Mm -hmm. are the other aspects of it. Like you can't neglect one uh, just because it's, you know, for a lot of guys, I think it's easier to focus on the physical. You know, it's easier to go to the gym every day and work out your frustrations rather than deal with some of these emotions and, and mental things that we have going on that aren't easy to deal with or don't have a clear cut uh, path towards dealing with. So to me, it was kind of like, okay, if I actually want to be as good as I possibly can be, if I want to continue to improve and not have Ranger Battalion be the pinnacle of what I achieve in my life, um, mm-hmm. which if that were the case, like I said, they're not the greatest Ranger in the world. So if that's the pinnacle of what I'm able to achieve, then I've, in my opinion, lived a pretty sorry life at the end of it. Right. Um, Interesting. So yeah. Yeah. If you, if you are actually interested in being as good as you possibly can be and constantly self improving, then you are a hypocrite. If you aren't, uh, if you aren't embracing the, the mental and spiritual aspects of things, um, it's just, there's no way you're going to reach your true potential without that whole person concept. Um, now, when did you, when did you begin to see that? I think I've always just been very brutally honest with myself. You know, it's okay. kind of like, all right, hey, I'm a freshman in high school. Why am I not getting laid? Oh, because I look like a pile of smashed ass. <laughs> I don't dress good. I don't, I you know, I wear these dorky fucking glasses and part my yeah. hair. Like, of course, fucking girls are not going to want to sleep with me in high school, right? Like, so it's yeah. like being brutally honest with yourself. And it's the same thing with, um, you know, throughout uh, the military. Like when I was a ranger, uh, you know, things that I would... I was not good at it. It was like, oh, I'm constantly overthinking things. That was a problem for me. I think it's actually an asset in what I do now. But, right. um, but you know, at the time I overthought things and, um, and I, I was perfectly honest with myself on what those shortfalls were. And maybe I, you know, maybe I could have done better in addressing those shortfalls, but I at least recognized what those shortfalls were. And it was the same thing leaving the military. It was the same thing going to our marriage. Like, hey, the reason, you know, my, my wife and I, we moved into a van for a year after I sold my business and, uh, and basically hit the road with me, her, our one-year-old daughter and our dog, uh, to go travel the country. And the big reason for that was our marriage was very much on the rocks. And we said, all right, yeah. well, fuck it. We're not just going to sit here and pretend like this isn't a problem. Let's go fucking deal with it. And guess what? If we can get along inside the, the, you know, 30 square feet of a, of a Ford Econoline, line, <laughs> then we should be able to get along in just about any other environment on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I do. so I it's just like being honest with yourself and, and saying yeah. like, Hey, I've got problems. These are the problems I need to fix. And maybe they're not going to be easy to fix, but I at least, you know, you know, what, what's that step in Alcoholics Anonymous? Like the first step in recovery is, is recognizing that you have a problem, you know, yeah. like that's not just for alcoholics. That's anywhere, you know, and by the same on the, on the flip side of the coin, I think you have to also recognize what you're good at. And realize mm-hmm. when it's time to play to your strengths. And, and mm-hmm. you, know, you know what I mean? Like, like there's, again, it's a whole person concept. You have to know what you're good at, what you're not good at, and how to harness the things that you're good at and how to improve on the things you're not good at. You know? Um, and I think these are just, I don't know. To me, I feel like it's kind of common sense. Um, but it all starts with being brutally honest with yourself. Don't lie to yourself about what you're good at. And don't lie to yourself about what you're bad at. Yeah. See, and I think there's a, you know, there is a, a, you know, the kind of the hinge pin that I've looked at, you know, when I went through this process of trying to dissect and understand performance in a lot of ways, what I kept coming back to was this, this level of openness that exists with people. Right. And, and really that's a, 
that's a kind of composite aspect of things like curiosity and humility uh, and imagination, like the willingness to actually look and see what's there is so, so fucking important that, you know, we, I think, I think unfortunately it's not common sense. You know what I mean? Like I get for you because it's been a part of you, you know, and we, yeah. you know, you could look back at your life and you, you might be able to find like what created that, what, what condition, what family condition, where you, where that came from. Yeah. Um, you know, but I don't think that exists in, in the quote unquote normal world. I think that's a, you know, we're all pretending, you know, to be something we're not, we're all scared to actually say what's so, uh, you know, we're there, there, I think there's a lot more of that. Now, here's what I appreciate. And this is what I appreciate about having you on the show. I think guys out of the community now, you know, kind of having been, you know, at combat now for almost 20 freaking years, having been exposed to all kinds of things, there's a little bit more openness to, Hey, there's, there's more to life than just freaking pulling the trigger and hit the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, there's some more shit here we got to deal with. Uh, and so I love that that conversation has come about, but I, I got to tell you, man, when I hit the streets, when I go out and teach or I'm out, you know, on uh, the streets with the guys and, and looking at things, that's not the conversation that's being had. You can still see, you know, this idea that I got to look good. I got to hit these marks. I got to do these things still exist, which actually is, is the complete opposite of what you're saying. Yeah. But ultimately though, I, I again, I think it's, it's just comes down to ignoring what you already the military yes. teaches you yes. from day one how to do an AAR, right? Mm-hmm. What went right, what went uh, wrong, and how do we uh, improve for next time? Yeah. And I think if you just apply the fucking AAR model to all aspects <laughs> of your life, it ain't you hard. Know? Yeah, you know, like like whether it's your marriage or how you're raising your kids or what you're doing in the gym or on the range or what you're doing at work, all of those things. Hey, what went right? What went wrong? How can I get better next time? And y- you know that the key to a successful AAR is a brutally honest AAR, right? Like you yeah, can't, man. you can't sugarcoat it for the commander. You got to tell him, Hey, this is what nope. went wrong. Yeah. You know, otherwise yeah, it's going it. to persist and you have yeah, to do man. that with yourself. You can't sugarcoat your shit, your bullshit, uh, to yourself, you know? Um, yeah, no, it's and, a, and it's yeah. a, it's a straight yes or no. It's like, did you produce the results you wanted to produce? The answer is yes or no. And we were talking about this with Doug the other day. It's not a no, but an excuse line or reasons or justifications or a yes. And I could, you know, it's like, just get yes or no and then move from there and then look and then learn yeah. and then process. Yeah. And you may not like the answer that you arrive yeah, at. Yeah, you won't like the answer probably yeah. sometimes. You know, yeah. like that's... Uh, and and th- th- there's d- certainly some bitter pills to be swallowed, but, um, mm-hmm. again, every effective AR out there, like you're not going to get better. You're not going to improve as a person or in your profession or any of those things, unless you're just fucking brutally honest with yourself, you know? And Hey, look, I- I'm not trying to say that, like, certainly there's been times where I catch myself kind of sugarcoating stuff or not being completely sure. honest with myself or, you know what, Marty, you thought you were good at this, but you actually are not <laughs> as good as you think you are. And maybe it's time to recognize that you have a little bit of room to improve. And mm-hmm. maybe those pers- those people that were kind of subtly telling you that, uh, that you were initially resisting, maybe they were right, regardless yeah. of you didn't like the messenger that was delivering it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think that we, again, it's just like, trying to be honest with yourself and trying to recognize your own biases and your own, your own bullshit and your own tendency to sugarcoat certain things that you don't want to deal with. And, you know, we all 
have those tendencies, but it's like if, if you're just being honest with yourself and really calling it like it is, even if it's just in your in, inner monologue, like yeah, um, you're gonna you're gonna get a lot further, I think, towards where you want to be. Yeah, man, it's just kind of that willingness to to take a look at it. I mean, I didn't expect the conversation necessarily go this way, but how do you like? What does spirituality look like for you? You know, I mean, uh, I feel like that's a. I, I'm curious. That's a heavy question these days. For me. Dude, you know, I didn't expect um, to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um. If there is anything that I, I think one of the big transitions I've made over the past five, six years or so is that I used to be very certain. You know, I used to mm. think that like what I believe is what I believe, and there is certain things that I think are undisputable, right? And okay. I think I've kind of arrived at this point now where the only thing I'm actually certain about is that nothing is certain. Um, yeah. And I'm not trying to like feed you like some bullshit philosophy no, line here, but no. it really is like I've, and, and I think this plays into how I approach journalism and storytelling is like, man, there's nothing that is certain in this world and, and everything that you think you believe, um, there's probably more layers to it or things that you don't understand about it. And it's, and, and maybe it's completely wrong, you know? And so when it comes to spirituality, um, I think getting in touch with, um, what that actually means for you. And, and, and I think spirituality is, is tied to your soul. It's tied to religion. Um, it, it's tied to how you view religion and how you implement religion. Um, sure. for me, it's, you know, I was, I, I grew up in a very conservative Christian household in the upper Midwest yep. in South Dakota, right? Like, okay. um, a very strict interpretation of the Bible and, um, I, I, I actually, I don't even know if that's the right way to put it. It's, it's more of like what you're told by your parents is, is what the law is and what the Bible means and, <laughs> yeah. and everything like that. And I think yeah. that the more I've gotten older and the more I've examined it is, um, for me, spirituality, I tie it to being a Christian, but I don't tie Christianity to the Catholic church or the Lutheran church or, or right. any specific organization these days so much as I do, um, you know, following in the example that Jesus set forth. And, and I think that is, you know, examining everything, being, trying to genuinely be a good person, uh, right. trying to be accepting of everybody. And, you know, um, I think there's a lot of things that go into that. And, and I think I've come to the realization that I don't think, I think it, man, I feel like I'm going to get myself in trouble here talking about <laughs> Just this do stuff it. publicly. Do it. But um, <laughs> I think that it is incredibly narcissistic of us as a human race to think that one book that we wrote <laughs> holds all the answers to this, to this God, this higher being that, that literally is so powerful that he created the universe as we know it. And I think that science is actually starting to back up that that's the case, you know, between the big bang being, you know, slowly more that theory being proven and some of these other things that back up uh, biblical stories. But I think it is in incredibly egotistical and narcissistic of us as a human race to think that we know everything about God and his intentions based off this one book that we compiled ourselves. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I then don't we think chose, we know that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's not a, and that's not a knock at anything or anybody's no. belief or anybody's stuff. That has nothing to do with it. That's just, no. I, I'm, I'm completely with you. I had no, no expectation. The conversation would go this way, but it is so yeah. important because, and you know, faith and basis, man, yeah. go. It, it just, it, it's one of those things where now I look at it as, um, spirituality for me is trying to get in touch as much as I can with what I think, um, God intended for us 
and and what our full potential is as humans and what we um what we are truly were put here you know somebody fucking arranged all these atoms in a certain way <laughs> you know yeah hoping that something halfway decent would come out of the deal right um mm-hmm. or, or or maybe just producing the world's greatest reality tv show i don't i don't know but, who knows right um i have to believe that there is a greater power that there is a greater cause there is a greater intention behind that cause and i feel like i would be doing a disservice not trying to fully explore that and live up to that and become the most you know it's always i think this ties into spirituality too it's always kind of irritated me that they say we use what like 10 to 11 percent of our our brain's capacity or access mm-hmm. only 10 or 11% of our brain. And it's like, man, what is that other 90% and what is holding us back from accessing that other? It's, it's gotta, if we're looking at it from what we know, a lot of right. it has to probably deal with humans tendency to embrace ego and, and yes. not look beyond <laughs> our own bullshit. Like I think that it is possible to, access larger parts of that of, of our brain um of, of what our full potential is if we would just quit being so fucking stubborn you know as yeah. humans on, on a lot yeah. of things and open yeah, ourselves like we have up to, be... to you know more radio channels there's, there's more than 97.7 fm you know like <laughs> let's check out the am bandwidth you know like <laughs> right you know totally like fucking we yeah. got we got netflix now it's not just cable tv anymore you know like right. there's there's got to be more um to it out there that we're just not opening ourselves up to and i think um when it comes to spirituality and embracing that it's like um am i really making my world as big as it actually is or am i closing myself off to um large swaths of, of the human experience and I don't know. That, that's all a lot of rambling and a lot of philosophy no, and everything. But I think no, it man, ties think into spirituality and how I view it. I, I think at a hundred. I think you hit the nail on the head with a lot of it. And I mean, it's you know, for me, I've always I've come to learn. You know, for me, spirituality kind of occurs as connectedness, right? Mm-hmm. So, like me being connected to other human beings. And you know, when I moved out to San Diego in '09, I. I never really searched for bought a wetsuit, bought a board. I felt like old man in the sea for the first year. Shit beat out of me out in the ocean. Uh, mm-hmm. But that became a very spiritual journey for me, an event for me, and being connected with something way bigger than I am, something that yes. could really pick me up and destroy me any moment of the day. Which, and did being humbled. Time. Yeah, dude, totally. You know, and, you know, I would say the greatest lesson I learned from surfing was, you know, being tumbled, being thrown around. The only thing I can do is relax and cover the surface. That's it. Yeah. Like I'm, and learning to give myself over to something bigger than me. And for some mm-hmm. people, that's faith and religion and God. And some people, that's other things. And that's okay. But fundamentally, if we don't have that level of connectedness to something, I think we're we're at a missing. I, yeah, yeah. I think that there's a lot of um, connectivity between humans as a as a species that we don't fully understand yet. Don't even, I didn't. Yeah, haven't even I touched. Didn't, um, you know, I'd always kind of known that there's probably some stuff that we don't know yet as far as like, hey, we know our bodies run on electricity. We know our brains um, emit small radio waves uh, and, and things like that. And, and that maybe there's, you know, the same way that ants all kind of know to move in a certain way. There's something we don't see happening there communication wise. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a certain aspect of that with humans. And we just don't we haven't fully wrapped our heads around it yet. Right. Um, yeah. The biggest evidence I've ever felt of that was uh so a couple of days before my dad passed away i had just returned from 
um, a trip out to California to, to uh, write an article on that SEAL team show on CBS. Mm-hmm. And um, on my way back, I was texting with my dad back and forth. And, you know, he was, you know, telling me to hurry up and get home and stuff like that. Not, And I was kind of thinking like, you know, maybe he was thinking on a larger scale of like, hey, you know, why are you wasting time out on the road when, you know, we we all know I don't have a lot of time left. You know, turns right. out I think he was a lot more pressing in his mind. So I showed back up in here on South Dakota, my hometown, just after what I would later find out to be he was given uh, the initial set of doses that were going to kind of put him under and start transitioning him. And um, and so I got there just after, just, you know, geez, probably half a day after I could have still consciously, you know, uh, communicated with him. And right. um, I didn't realize that at first. At first, when I, you know, came home and went in there, I just thought, it was, oh, it's my, you know bad day for my dad. He's, he's under, mm-hmm. you know, sleeping, resting and stuff like that. It wasn't until later that night, you know, my mom, was, my mom told me, she's like, yeah, no, this is like, he's not waking back up. You know, it's probably mm-hmm. within the next 24, 48 hours that he's going to pass. And, and I, I remember at the time it was fine. It was like, we knew this was coming. It was fine. I dealt with it fine. Um, it was just like, okay, yeah, we're at this chapter now, you know? Um, but I remember later that night I went home all of a sudden it like, this thing came over me where it felt like there was something physical being separated from me and I can't describe it, but I cried in a way that I've never cried before. This like uncontrollable Mm. sobbing that I had no, I was making sounds that I've never fucking made in my life before. And I've experienced sadness before. Like this isn't the first time I've been fucking sad. It was like there was something physical being ripped apart from me. And it's, I didn't know it at the time. But in retrospect, when I look at that, the only thing I can maybe explain that by is is that there there actually was this deeper connection that binded my dad and I together just as father and son or, or whatever. But yeah. like like a connection that we don't fully understand that totally. was being separated as he separated from his, his own body. You know, yeah. I think that there was actually something that we don't understand being physically fucking separated from me at that time that caused yeah. pain. And, yeah. and that was to me, like that realization was this like really deep, like, man, I really don't know that we understand everything because that was fucking crazy. What happened? Like, I've never felt anything like that. Um, and it's hard to explain to people. And I think that, you know, if you're a listener out here, I mean, I don't know, maybe you've <laughs> experienced lost or you haven't, and maybe you've yeah. had a similar experience or not. I, I don't know, but I can tell you that what I fucking experienced was not the norm and it was not normal sadness or normal grief or anything like that. I don't think, you know, I think there was like a very physical thing going on there that I don't completely understand. And I don't think we as a, as a human race completely understand yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. We've, I've had some experiences over time that are just like, how is this, you know, it just, there's no words for it. There's no way to explain it. It is a, it is an experience in a particular yeah. moment. Um, and then to try to actually explain it, like there's a whole thing around languaging that I, I, if I try to explain it, I'll probably sound like a freaking cuckoo yeah. bird. Hey, I, I consider myself pretty fucking good at words. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't get words for this. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, it really is. It's just like, I think there's some things that we don't fully understand yet. And we, str- we we know there's something there, but we just don't know what it is or how to describe it. And, you know, at some point, I don't know, maybe we get there. I, and again, I think, you know, where's that other 90% of the brain? Where's that? Maybe these are, maybe these experiences are just little glimpses into that full capability or that full 
experience, that full human experience. I don't know. Yeah, man. I mean, I think there's a place where, where it's like it, the crossover, you know, as we're talking here, the crossover comes when, when I can humble myself in a way that, that knows we don't know it. We don't know yet. We don't know anything. We don't really know that much. You know, right? Our, like I said, the only thing I'm certain about is that I'm fucking uncertain. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, and, and that goes back to, but it, but if I track it back to, uh, to everything, I mean, even in, even in like the day in and day out stuff, right? If we kind of, if we go way back down to what am I doing today? It's like, how humble am I to know that I don't know something like how, like even, you know, somebody's listened to this, right? I mean, I always say, you know, my community is, you know, fraught with judgment and criticism. And, uh, I mean, we grew up that way, right? We're designed to be mm -hmm. skeptical of everything and, you know, kind of the cultures of the, the services kind of breed that skepticism in some ways. And so I didn't expect us to have this conversation, but you know, the question I have for the listeners, like, are you humble enough to actually hear what's, what we're talking about and, 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 and bring it in. <laughs> it in should a way be that's noted like, that I am of sound mind and body. Right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, are you are, you are completely, exactly. 100%. Yeah, I'm sober right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, these sober. are things that I think about, you know, well, they, yeah, they, dude. they are, they are, it's like I, I I think about these things and I try to like again try to be brutally honest with myself and and just you know there's I, I you know there's just a lot that I think I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, and that's partly that's partly why that's partly why I kind of wanted to create this show because this is the shit that we don't we don't sit around and talk about and we don't mm -hmm. actually have these conversations that lead to a a a transition for somebody right a willingness to you know come home from their their job in a new way hug their family differently you know i love what you and your wife did i mean morgan and i we you know we've had plenty of crap in our life in our marriage in just the short time we've been married uh you know and you know we had made a decision at one point like we we knew we didn't want to get divorced but we had to take some serious action around yeah. healing ourselves and we you know we moved into you know kind of apartments basically across from each other you know we still had breakfast every day we didn't quote separate uh, yeah we just had our own space you know for six seven months and yeah you know people would be like what what are you doing like it was totally obscure to people like they didn't understand it but aren't you separated aren't you no no we're, we have breakfast yeah. we have dinner we're still connected you know we just have our own space. we're rehabilitating our relationship in the best yeah. way we know how right now Dude, totally. And it, it, maybe that's an extreme measure, but we had to really think outside the box to be like, okay, how well, are we going to... Divorce is a pretty fucking extreme measure too. So dude, if you can do absolutely. something to prevent that, like... 100%, you know? you know? And so, man, I think that's where... Because it is about the whole person here. I mean, we all have lives. We all have mm -hmm. people we love and care about, and, you know? And the cool thing for me, you know, my girls are 13 and 15 now, and then Declan's 18 months, you know? And uh, being a, being, being a dad again now, um, uh, at a time and a place where I've learned so much, where I understand things, you know, it is so cool to see this kid, right. To kind of see this, see him unfold. And I don't have to put a bunch of shit in the way around it. And I don't have to be anything. It's like, dude, you're just, you, mm -hmm. you're just, you, you're here to teach me. Um, uh, it's such a radical experience and that, that connectedness to it, dude, I got to tell you, man, there's a bond I feel like between he and I that, you know, when mm -hmm. we talk about that connection with your dad, I, mm -hmm. there's something different I feel with him. 
completely. And and maybe it's, it's my hard growth. to put your finger on, but you Dude. can't deny that it's there. Nope. It is know? so there. It is so there. And he is, he is, you know, just dad all about me. Like he sensed me there. Yeah. My wife said he was like yelling my name. I was in the driveway. Like he had, he had no vision that I was even there. And he's like running over to the window. Dad, dad, dad. Yeah. Like there's no way he heard anything. He just knew I was there. Crazy. It's crazy what how we grow and develop and then what we put in our own way. And then all this garbage comes into play. So wow. Well, I didn't expect the conversation to go that direction, Matt. But <laughs> dude, yes, you yeah. are some sound mind and body. And I don't think you're saying anything that 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 people don't think about, that people don't have already in their space and time. So uh Well, I think anybody that is again like being honest with themselves. And isn't completely full of their own shit. I think there's plenty of people that are full of their own shit and think that they've got it all figured out or, or that they, they've got concrete answers in their lives. Like, and I just don't feel like there's anything concrete like that. You know, I don't, and I don't think that makes me unstable or anything. I, I think, um, you know, I, I think the only way to navigate a rough sea is recognizing that the sea is fucking rough and you don't know what it's going to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. You know? 100%. Put a fucking life vest on. Seriously. Yeah. And, and be willingness, be willing just to kind of figure it out. Right. And to go with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I think the, the resistance of, of things, life, whatever, whatever you want to create, but, but, you know, the old saying of what you resist persists. And that's really true. You know, the resistance to whatever's there just kind of perpetuates it. Right. If you can kind of. Well, and I think just being open to, I'm going to calibrate my life as new information comes in. Yes. I mean, what you think about the Ooh, big like problems that. that we had in Ranger yeah. Regiment for a long time is guys get very frustrated with, with, um, certain, you know, senior leadership who would, who were very much thought that the way that they were brought up doing it in Ranger Battalion is the way we should do it, even though we were fighting a radically different war than, than what they grew up fighting. Right. And yes. it was, and, and ultimately you could boil that, that confrontation down to, um, people being frustrated that other people in positions of, of, uh, responsibility or influence or whatever were resistant to changing as new information came in. Yes. And ultimately that's what, you know, when we, we, if we really want to tie this back into the military and think, why was JSOC so successful in their, um, in their endeavors in Iraq and, and building this, um, this man hunting model that was just, heretofore had never been seen before yeah. it was because they embraced a model of changing as new information came in mm -hmm. they embraced the importance of information and that it may change the way of what i had previously planned um and, and i really you could you could you know pretty much boil the whole uh uh f3 um feed targeting methodology yep. down to that it's like it, it, it's, it's it's an intel driven model it's it's yep. information driven and um i think if you um look at your life that way of like, Hey, I'm going to change as new information becomes available, not resist that change or call it fake news. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like, like say like, okay, Hey, maybe I had this wrong or maybe there's more to this, or maybe I was right about the way I thought about it, but I'm, but the circumstances of that are radically different, you know? Right. Um, there, there's, it, it's just, I, I think you have to be open to the fact that you're, maybe you're not right about anything. And there's certain people that probably haven't, arrived at that um at that point in their life where they realize like hey maybe i've maybe there's some stuff that i'm very certain about that aren't so concrete you know yeah yeah i mean and that and that, and that goes and that to me is like the scalable thing right because i always i always look at guys and i'm like listen 
you know, you got to be present enough to take the actions based on the conditions as they are, not as you think yes. they are, as you think they should be, or somebody else. Or as they were. As they were, absolutely, because it changes. You know what I mean? You, yep. you know, I, I can remember as a fireman, you know, you do your walk around, you look at some things. Okay, so you have 30% of the information. And then you go inside, mm -hmm. right? You take the door, you go inside. Shit's changed. You have a whole new yeah. set of information coming at you now. I mean, I mean can you imagine if Michael Jordan only ever saw himself as a baseball player? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Think about everything that would have been left on the table mm -hmm. if he had only ever seen himself as a baseball player because, oh, that's who I am. And that's who I am. This is right. what I believe in. You know, yeah. like uh, it, it just, you know, um, there's – or. There's so many things like that, like, or, or had I, you know, like I said, I feel like I'm a pretty good writer, but what if I had only ever seen myself as a ranger or as a guy in the army, you know, yeah. like I, there's all these things that I would have never done or been exposed to, or that I'm, like I said, I think I'm, I think I'm a better writer and, and journalist than I was ranger or soldier, you know? Totally. And I think that's a good thing, you know? I yeah. Think Cause really I mean, look thing. at what you, you know, look at what you provide, look at what that mm -hmm. level of contribution is today. Look at what you're able to you know, offer out and give through your lens. And by the way, if you had a rigid lens, you know, if you weren't <laughs> open to things, if you weren't willing to challenge yourself, if you weren't willing to ask questions or look at things that way, you would be cheating the audience that's trusting you to, you know, deliver yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to live your life from a, from a fixed position, you know, like a tripod. Like you just think about like what, how much more does a camera take in if it's on, uh, you know, a, a, a tripod with the, the screws loosened up than it does on a fixed tripod. Yeah. You know, if your if your lens is only pointed in one direction, vice being able to move around and take everything in, it's, you know, again, it's information. And then if it is moving around uh, again, are you willing to accept that new information and embrace it and, and, and rejigger your system based yeah. off of that, you know, right. Not dismiss it as something, you know, that, 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 yeah. that, that doesn't count because everything counts. Everything matters. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, again, I think it all goes back to like, uh, again, I, we, we learned this stuff in the military, yes. you know, we learned this, we learned AAR, we learned, you know, at least in range regiment and the special operations community, we definitely learned the, the feed targeting methodology. We learned mm -hmm. all these examples. We've got the ranger creed. We've got all these things that we were taught in the military that if you're just willing to kind of take the fatigues off of them and, and apply, you know, apply them as a, a, a civilian, um, man, they, they're just as useful, you know? Yeah, totally, dude. Totally. I mean, that's, uh, I think it's, you know, as you have this conversation, you know, if you're listening to this, it's like, okay, where did we go? And then how do we get back here? So you may have to go back and listen, <laughs> listen to this whole thing at least twice, I think, to get everything out of it. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, that's, <laughs> I, I think it's so, dude, I think it's so important, right? I mean, this is, these are, I feel like these are the things we learn later. You know, like we're able to reflect back and look and be like, wow, you know, now I have the the hindsight or the understanding of this life live, uh, you know, and, and that's really been my my effort is to how do I get that earlier? You know, you're still going to go on your journey. You're still going to resist shit. You're still going to do your own thing. But, mm -hmm. you know, if I can put a bug in the back of your brain, you know, when things happen, you're like, oh, yeah. You know, I remember listening to Marty talk about, you know. X, Y, Z, you know, and then it yeah. resonates. I think you, know? you can start with, I think you can start with, and, and you know, you're talking about like, you know, 
you kind of alluded to earlier about like, you know, did this come, did my mindset come from nature and nurture? Or was it a family environment? Yeah, yeah, that totally. This, totally. You know, um, I think actually now that I think about it, looking back that I, I think I was in high school debate for a couple of years and in debate, you have to, you don't know what side of an argument you're going to be on until right before the, the, mm-hmm. the debate starts, right? Like you, you draw whether you're the pro or con of a state. Um, so you have to have both arguments prepared. And if you want to win, you can't favor one over the other. You need to right. as diligently prepare for the pro as you are the con, regardless of how you may personally feel about that. And I think through those couple of years of being in debate, um, it got me used to preparing arguments for both sides, very valid arguments right. for both sides, arguments that could win, that could defeat other people's mm-hmm. arguments. And I think that got me into the mindset of constantly questioning what I believed and, and, and putting myself in the other person's shoes. You know, you, you yeah. had to, you, if you clung to your own beliefs, you would be unsuccessful as a, as a member of that debate team, because yeah. then you're only, you're only, you're only capable in 50% of the fight, you know? Um, and, and so I think that that got me maybe unwittingly got me into the habit of kind of examining things from all sides and, and questioning my own beliefs and, and things like that. And maybe ultimately arriving at this thing of like, I need to fucking take the blinders off and constantly be just brutally honest with myself about what the realities are, yeah. you know, what the best argument is and, mm-hmm. and, and everything and evaluating facts and, and life as we, you know, um, see it and know it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, what do they say? The best attorneys could win either, could win either side walking in the courtroom. You know, they're not. And it's true, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't. Cause that's, it is, it is about, is about that. And it's about the willingness to look at the entirety of the other side or, the other conversation um, and doing that with yourself, you know, draw back to like what you talked about being able to mm-hmm. almost argue against yourself in a way, in both ways, right. To be able to have that internal oh, I constantly do. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I do that so much with my own writing, you know, writers are kind of infamous for getting inside their own. Sure. And things like that and being like sensitive and everything. And I'm certainly a fucking sensitive writer. Um, and, uh, I do though, when I'm, as I'm writing stuff, I am my biggest critic, uh, I'm, you know, this, um, last article that I put out this, uh, about Shannon Kent, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, a Navy that. cryptologist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I worked on that for a couple of months and, you know, there was a lot of pressure because her husband, Joe, they've got two, um, they've got two very young kids who likely won't be able to remember their mother. Yeah. And, um, and Joe kind of told me when I went out there to interview him and spend time with the family, like, Hey, your article is going to be one of those things yeah. that we show the boys when they get older, you know, and, um, and it hopefully gives them a some, you know, some sort of knowledge about their mom or a sense of who she was like, man, no pressure. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so for months I worked on this thing and I was so critical and I was so convinced that this was one of the worst things I'd written. I was going to disgrace Shannon's memory mm. and do a complete injustice towards her, her sons who would look to this for a sense of who she was someday and just be utterly uninformed after reading it. And, um, and, and, you know, it finally got to this point where I was like, all right, we need to publish this fucking thing. Cause I told, you know, I told Joe or her husband that yeah. it was going to be, you know, so we get this thing out there. And before I know it, I got people telling me like people whose opinions I really respect about writing saying like, this is the best work you've ever done. It was amazing. I and, mean, it was good. Um, yeah. And I absolutely could not recognize that because I was so, as I was working on it, so convinced that what I was doing was just fucking terrible right that um i i couldn't and that's where i say that flip side of the coin of like you need to be brutally honest with yourself mm-hmm. and say like and be able to recognize 
just you you need to be able to recognize what you're doing well just as much as you need to be able to recognize your own bullshit right you know but if you're only recognizing your bullshit or or looking for if you're only looking for bullshit you'll never find the good stuff either totally you know totally yeah and, and so <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's an absolute balancing act i mean it is you know back and forth up and down all the time with it and and it was a tremendous article man i mean it was thank you yeah i i don't i think it's a eye opener for a lot of people um yeah, it's uh, it's good. It was really good. I she, yeah, she's just one of these people that, and you know, the part of the challenge with that too was she's from a part a particular special missions unit yep. that we can't talk anything about it. Totally, one hundred percent. We can't. There, there are large swaths of her life that mm-hmm. we can't talk about. Mm-hmm. And not, you know, to make things more difficult, I've you know never met her when she was alive. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. So you're kind of going off of how other people saw her, and is that the truth? You know, right. Um. And, uh, and, and so that was, you know, that was really difficult, but I'm glad that it turned out the way that it did. And, you know, ultimately, you know, and I'm glad that people thought it was well done. I, I still don't know if I think it's the best <laughs> work I've ever done. Uh, cause there's some other stuff I'm pretty proud of, but, yeah. um, but yeah, you know, I'm glad that it turned out better than maybe what I was seeing it as prior to publishing it. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. No, man, that's, that's good stuff. Well, I want you to know, man, I appreciate what you do out there, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it's a <clears throat> telling the story is, is, is extremely important. And then telling the story with, with knowledge, right. With experience behind it, uh, I think makes it super powerful. So, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's been, it's been really cool. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, the conversation yeah. that we had, man, it just it, crazy to me right where it goes i don't think either one of us expected it to 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 take the route it went uh but i think it's you know that's that's the conversations those are the conversations we should be having more often uh yeah and uh, i mean there's i think there's like two routes that you can take either yeah. we can get on here and like talk about real stuff or we can just rehash the same fucking yeah, old yeah. army stories that everybody has like yeah, everybody's I, army story is the same just about you yeah know? absolutely like, dude I, yeah. I mean, and I, I don't, you know, people ask me all the time, they're like, hey, you know, they want to hear stories from my time at the agency. I'm like, you want to know the best story? The story is like our first trip. And after we completed it, we were in Africa for about a month and a half, two months. And, you know, I was standing on this freaking shit runway, all bombed out and everything else, watching the King Air kind of come out from the cloud cover to come pick us up. Mm-hmm. And like, that was my moment. That's my moment. <laughs> right. That's like one of the best moments. Yeah. It's like, Dude, you realize you're like, hey, I'm doing it. I'm in, I'm like one of two Americans in this country. That's it. And that's our plane coming to pick us up on this shit bag runway. And it's like, okay, that's it. You know, that's the cool story. There's your cool story. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Uh, and, and it's proof that there is still cool things to be done even after you take off the Tanberry or, or Blackberry, whatever, you know, whatever it may be. You know, yeah. there's still the potential to go do some really cool shit. Actually, and, really uh, cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I was kind of thinking that, that, um, my first, uh, embed that I did, mm-hmm. uh, I flew into, you know, every time I'd been to Afghanistan prior to that, it's like, you're flying in on a C-17 to a military base. You mm-hmm. know, this is my first time flying into Afghanistan on a, you know, on a, <laughs> I think it was a Qatar Airways <laughs> right, or something right. like that. And, yep. You know, like flying into a civilian airport and going out and like, Hey, I'm at Kabul, you know, Hamid Karzai International, like hailing a cab. Yeah. You know? Like to, to get over to the, you know, Resolute Support Headquarters, but it's like, hey, I'm just in fucking Kabul with all my bags completely by myself, 
hoping this cab driver <laughs> isn't looking to make some extra money from the local, yeah. you know, ISIS commander. Totally. You know? Like, um, and, and it was one of those things where I was like, man, this is like so outside of anything that I did when I was a ranger. Yes. You know? Like there was some really cool stuff I did as a ranger and I and I I love those days, but mm-hmm. I love that um that now I'm still doing stuff that I think uh th- I think there's certain things that I do that like go toe to toe with some of the experiences I had in in Ranger Battalion, at least in my eyes. And I yeah. know there's some people I talk to that are like, fuck you, you know, like we got into <laughs> a little bit of a tick with ISIS last year when I was embedded with that SF team and mm-hmm. and they're like, What was that like being in a firefight with no rifle? I'm like, I don't know, I suppose it's probably the same experience as as you know, the radio guy or something like his primary job is not to return fire. His primary job is to keep comms up, you yeah. know. And, and it was like that for me. I'm like, my primary job is to make sure my ISO is not too high and that my shutter speed's about right, and that I'm fucking doing my job and capturing this so that they didn't waste the seat on the on the way over to this on somebody who can't even carry a fucking rifle, you know. And, right. and it turns out couldn't couldn't do the job he was there to do. You know, I don't want to be that guy. It's yeah, like, make sure you can do the job that you're there to do. And um, but yeah, I think people see that and it's like. Oh man, that must have been crazy, you know? Yeah. And you know, I don't I don't think so, but yeah, on the same token, I can see why they think that. Yeah, I can know? yeah, I can it does seem very counterintuitive to be in a firefight with no with no with no gun. means of making fire. <laughs> right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, but but I but you know, you just said something really you know, really important, and that is do the job you're there to do, right? And mm-hmm. do it well. And I think yeah. I think we we all tend to lose sight of that at times. Uh, well, I think that's that in and of itself. That's a pretty important statement right there. Yeah. Uh, you can boil it all down to any day that you're feeling. Um, I think maybe just like some general advice here. I think that regardless of any day that you're in where maybe you're feeling lost or, or like the direction, you know, our way ahead isn't very clear. I think you can always boil it down to like, what's my mission today? What am I supposed to be good at today or do today and just go fucking do that thing as best you can. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's sometimes, um, I'm, I'm definitely one of those people that like looks ahead and tries to plan and all this other stuff, but sometimes it really is useful, especially I think when, when life gets really difficult, I think it is useful to just break it down. Like, Hey, let's take it day by day. It's almost like doing those ruck marches Dude, hundred percent down by just make it to the next telephone pole. And then the next <laughs> telephone, pole. I'm going to walk to this telephone pole yep. and then jog to the yep. next telephone. pole. Exactly. And then I'll still get in under, you know, at about two and a half hours or so on the 12. You know, it's like, sometimes you got to take a telephone pole by telephone pole day by day. And did I still, and, um, I still wrote March know. today. I still wrote March today. I love it. Like the most physically, mentally and, emotionally brutal thing i feel like you can ever do uh yeah. i i love it man there's so much try post holing oh dude it, it'll, it'll oh, I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know i'm not man, that i'm not that, that just committed fucking me <laughs> i i th- there was th- there's a, you get to this point where you're just like taking step by step and then you think you're good you think you're good and all of a sudden your feet fall out from underneath of you and now you're waist deep in snow again you gotta climb back out doing that for a mile man dude. i would th- it was the most like I said, I think we kept a pretty good attitude about it, but man, I just, I got to a point where it's like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm going to stay here. This is where they will find me. Uh, my bottom half frozen. And, uh, you know, I just, well, this is, I'm not moving another step, you know, yeah. like, and of course you do it because, you know, and especially, you know, you got your little brother out there. You're not going to let him fucking keep going yeah, seriously. Uh, and, and beat you. <laughs> exactly. You know? so that that's that's not going to happen. There. But right. Yeah, man. Oh, man. It, it was like, I thought, you know, ruck marching, it is really great for training your, I think, mental resilience yes. and that, like, no quit attitude. Yep. Um, 
And, uh, man, I, I think you do that normally. And then every once in a while, if you just want to get real crazy with it, go out there and post hole for half. Well, maybe, one. maybe one day you, you can take me and, uh, you know, we'll do, we'll do a post. Yeah. You're going we'll, we'll to have to find me in a pretty self-loathing. <laughs> you're going to have to find me in a pretty self-loathing uh, attitude yeah. to, to go do that voluntarily. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I'm sure one of these days, like I'll get this arbitrary text, like, Hey dude, <laughs> meet, hey, you want to just meet me here? We got two options. We can go post hole for a mile, or we can stand in the parking lot and just kick each other in the nuts for ten minutes straight. Exactly. They're both going to achieve the same effect. same same effect. Same effect. Your choice. Yep. Crazy. All right, dude. Well, man, I thank yep. you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Um, I, I so appreciate it. Yeah, man. I mean, hopefully, great conversation. Uh, I always do a. Uh, uh, kind of a wrap up of the show, put some show notes together. Uh, it's available for you guys out there at opmindset.com slash backslash mindset radio. We'll put some stuff up there. If for some reason you live under a cave and don't know who this guy is and haven't read anything and or don't know who Black Rifle Coffee is or Coffee or Die magazine, uh, crawl out of your hole and go check it out. Uh, cause it's, uh, good stuff, a lot of fun stuff and, uh, some really, uh, highly valuable things. And Marty, I'll, I'll get with you here in a minute. Anything else you want to add to it? We'll make sure they're up on the show notes. So again, thanks for awesome. listening. Uh, make sure you uh, subscribe, pay attention, and we'll talk to you guys Monday. So again, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure. Thanks for listening to Mindset Radio. If you like today's show and want to know more, check us out at opmindset.com backslash mindset radio. That's opmindset.com backslash mindset radio. You'll have all the show notes and bonus materials from today's show. Please don't forget to subscribe and make sure to leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure to check out our sponsors and stop by opmindset.org. That's opmindset.org to learn more about how we're mentally, physically, and emotionally preparing those who choose to place themselves in harm's way through the Operational Mindset Foundation. I'm your host, Jeff Bandman, and we'll see you next time on Mindset Radio.